0: are tuned in to the Real Estate Agent Man podcast, coming to you from Sarasota County, Florida. We are in the studio today with Tony and Michelle Moore from Golfside Mortgage Company, discussing secrets of real estate that should not be secrets. Listen close, and you will be much better prepared for your next home purchase.
1: Pressure. I feel the pressure.
0: No pressure. Tell me, Michelle, how does it feel to have been voted best mortgage company by the readers of the Venice Gondolier for the past sixteen years?
1: Steve, it feels amazing. It's very. It's humbling. My employees work so so hard, and um, they deserve this. So it's nice to be recognized for all the hard work that our team does, as well as Tony and myself. So it's it's absolutely amazing, and we are beyond grateful.
2: Tony. It's just like she said, it's a huge honor. We've been in the business now for 17 years. Golfside has been around. And just to be voted best in the industry for the last 16 years in a row is amazing. We don't just want to be another place to get a mortgage. We want to be the best place to go and get a mortgage, you know, somewhere where people actually feel like they're at home. uh, They're taken care of their hands held all the way from the start to finish. And there's no surprising at the table. I mean, that's what it's all about. um, Just making a difference. Yeah, well, I can tell you from somebody who
0: has watched many people get mortgages from Side Mortgage that you've earned that title, and uh, I'm, just, I'm excited that you were able to take time out of your busy schedule and come over here and do this podcast with me because I think a lot of people are going to benefit from the knowledge that you're able to share today.
1: Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Yeah, well,
0: well, you're welcome. So I'm ready to get this thing rolling. Uh, later in the podcast, I will have to ask you about current interest rates. Everybody wants to know about current interest rates. But for starters, let's talk about what makes a correspondent lender better than big banks, online lenders, and mortgage brokers when you're trying to figure out how you're going to buy your home.
2: One of the biggest things that I see, Steve, is that uh, the difference that it makes is that we have a ton of people that come to us, you know, after they've been in, the, in, been in the process already for 45 days and get turned down from another lender. And we see this all the time where they come to us and they're like, hey, Tony, we need to turn around and get this closed. Um, we're, we're due to close in a week or two weeks. And they can come to us. We look at the file. And, and first of all, we can see whether or not they're approved or not. Right. And then, if we can find an outlet for him, that's the big difference that we have. Not we're not stuck to go with just one lender. Or if we broker, we don't have to send it out to that lender to review it and find out if they'll do it, and then get it back and then package it up and send it to another one. With this one, we actually send it in with being a correspondent lender. We have one underwriter that underwrites for every lender that we use. We have 20, 30 different lenders that we can use, but the same underwriters underwriting it. Well, guess what? If it doesn't fit with one person, they can immediately take it to another one. And another good thing about that too is if, if we were to send it out to one, and they don't accept it, we can use the same appraisal. We can use the same documentation. So we have the ability to do that. Another great thing about it is, is when we're comparing interest rates, we get to look at interest rates from all these different lenders and find out who has the best one to find the best rate and program for the borrower. So one of the things I hear all the time from people is like,
0: I've been online and I've seen that, you know, this online lender is offering this interest rate. And one of the things that, you know, I'm aware of, but I'd like a professional to really talk about it, is how whatever they're seeing today isn't necessarily the rate that they're
2: going to get. Can you explain that process? What you have to watch for is when you lock in the interest rate. That's the biggest thing I like to tell everybody. What is get that fee worksheet, find out if it's locked and find out what kind of points they're charging you because you're going to go online. And the big thing is online is it says right underneath it, advertisement. You have to watch for the word advertisement because there's no guarantee on that interest rate or that they're going to deliver that rate to you. So you have to make sure that what you're locking in is what the rate is. And the one thing I like to tell everybody is if it's too good to be true, it's too good. You know, if nobody else is offering it to you and everybody else out there is telling you the rates a quarter percent or a half percent higher, but yet this one company is telling you it's that much lower than everybody else, you're not going to be able to get that. I see people fall for that all the time though it happens all the time.
1: It does. And they're also not disclosing it may cost points to get that rate as well. And uh, so that's what you have to look forward to is, you know, how many discount points are they paying to get that interest rate?
2: Yeah. And another thing we'll be talking about rates, current rates a little bit later. Um, but one of the big thing is, is when you look at these advertisements online, or the, the advertised rates, you have to remember they're, they're advertising the best possible rate out there. They're not advertising the rate for your particular program. There's 13 to 15 different things uh, on average that makes up your rate. What's the loan to value? What's the loan amount? What's your credit score? How much is your down payment? What type of property is it? What type of use is it? primary investment or what are you using the property for? When you put all those things in, it's a different rate for everybody. Just like a credit score is completely different for each individual. And you have to know that. Yeah, so it's
0: all of the details that... They couldn't even possibly put into an advertisement if they wanted to because it's just too many details. But those are the things that actually end up determining what your rate's going to be. And, and the locking the rate thing in that you hit on earlier, I mean, I've seen people wait until the very last minute to lock in their rate, hoping for the best, but end up with worse than had they locked in at the beginning. So it's it's a
2: bit of a crapshoot in regards to that, right? That's what I was gonna say. It's a it's a gamble, <laughs> you know. If you if you like gambling, that's when you can gamble and figure out what's going to happen. Um, you know, rates rates are good, but the, they go up faster than they go down. And when there's a spike in rates, we're going to see them go up a lot faster than they come down. Okay. So this isn't in
0: my notes anywhere, but this is the way these podcasts go. As we're having conversation, we start to think about stuff, right? Sure. So the buying power that you have as an individual, you know, you've got your job and you're, you've got tax returns and you're going to be able to buy whatever you're able to buy based on that and other factors. And one of those factors is the interest rate you're going to have on your loan. So how does the interest rate affect your buying power? Like say, uh, I was qualified to buy a $300,000 house and then interest rates went up a point. What could I still buy a $300,000 house?
1: It just depends on your situation, you know. It, there's so much more that is involved. We have to check your income. We have to check how much debt you have. Um, is there HOA dues? What the ta- what's the tax bill? What's the homeowner's insurance bill? So, yes, it could potentially affect your pre-qualification absolutely because the payment's going to go up drastically at one percent. So you might not qualify anymore.
0: If an interest rate went up one percent and you were borrowing you know, $250,000 on a $300,000. Okay, Tony's breaking out his calculator there. Awesome. <laughs> okay. What so, would that payment yeah, be? Yeah, I, I'm curious if it went up a percent, how bad that would affect me. Mm-hmm. Because if my debt to income was already really close for that $300,000 purchase, borrowing two fifty, and it goes up a percent, I might not be able to buy that house That's
1: now. That's true, absolutely. I'm
0: so, okay, Tony, you
2: were looking at your calculator and figuring out some math for me. would you come up I with? I was. So, you know, your question was, is, is what does 1% difference in interest rate do? So every $100,000, 1% of interest is $50 a month difference. So every 100,000. So if you're talking about a $300,000 house with rates in the low threes compared to in the low fours, you're talking about $150 a month more for that same house. That's a lot of money over thirty years. That is a lot of money over thirty years. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and also might be enough to kick you out of being able to qualify for that if you were cutting at that close. It does. And the second part of that, I want to say because it, it's more than just what the rate is, and that's one thing that that consumers think they have to ask: "What's your rate? What's your rate?" That's actually one of the questions you want to know, but it's not the main question. Uh, I had two buyers that were coming in. They were looking at buying $500,000 homes. They were both doing 10% down, and they had credit scores in the mid-700s. When I did their calculation for them and figured out what their payment was, I could have got their payment down $200 a month just by getting their credit score up 11 points. 11 points to get their credit score equaled $200 a month in payment. The reason why is two things happen. One, the interest rate's based on your credit score. That's one of the things that it's based on. So getting the credit score up, got them a lower rate. And the second thing was they had PMI, mortgage insurance, on the property. That mortgage insurance down went, went down drastically from, from, to get them up to a, six, a 760 credit score. And the two combined actually got them down 200 a month. So more of their questions should be not what's your, what's your interest rate, what can I do to get the best interest rate? right and there's things that matter to make that happen that are more than just finding the right lender it could be you that's getting the worst rate because of your situation wow there's a lot of power in what you just said and and i haven't heard it said
0: that well yet maybe because i don't hang out with you enough i don't know (laughs) we are over halfway through this great podcast with tony and michelle moore you do not want to miss the next nine minutes Before the day's over, visit services.com. And when you call them, let them know that you heard this Real Estate Agent Man podcast. And now back with Tony and Michelle Moore. So one of the things that I had in my notes to make sure I asked, but it was later on, but it fits perfectly right now, is when people are thinking that they're going to buy a house, it's usually not just hey, I wasn't thinking I was going to buy one yesterday, but today I want to buy a house, right? There's usually a plan in their head, like, you know, I think by next year I'd like to buy a house. Maybe in two years I'd like to buy a house. There's some sort of planning in there. But they wait until the last minute, till they found something they like on Zillow, before they call you or me. And I'm always saying that you should be talking to a realtor, talking to a lender, as soon as you get an inkling of a thought that you might want to buy something someday. And that right there is the reason, if no other reason, to do that. Absolutely. Do you find that people come to you early on? Because for me, it's always kind of last minute.
1: It's very rare. Very rare. It's usually the same thing at the last minute. And um, it if they would come up front, then it could potentially save so many issues and make the process effortless. We just had a situation where they've been employed at the same job for 15 years, but part of their income is W-2'd and part of their income is 1099. In their mind, that's not an issue because they've been there for 15 years and that's just normal to them. But in the lending world, You know, when you're dealing with underwriters and money, it's a different world, if
0: that makes any sense. Oh, it makes total sense. And, you know, people don't know what they don't know. Right. Uh, I had a young woman uh, recently in the last year somewhere uh, qualify for a mortgage and then quit her job. Yes. (laughs) Because she thought, okay, we qualified, we're buying a house, I can quit my job now and start looking for another one. And so needless to say, they didn't get their house. Yeah. And she had to go out and get another job and wait for the paychecks to start coming in and go through that whole process.
2: Yeah, we have many horror stories about different things like that they do. But back to your original question. He
0: remembers my original question.
2: (laughs) I love it when that happens. Go for it. So, uh, you know, know, the first thing that everybody does and you being a, a realtor, you know, that does a lot of business, you know, the first place they go is usually you, which is absolutely the wrong thing they need to do. What they should do is go to a lender first because as I mentioned to you just a second ago, we can save them thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars if they just got prepared and ready to buy. We could show them how a difference between 3% down and 5% down makes a huge difference in their interest rate and their PMI. Or we could show them that, you know, by getting your credit score like uh, you know, getting your credit score up another 10, 15, 20 points and how to do that, because we're gonna teach them how to do that is gonna save them a ton of money. Right. So there's a bunch of little tricks that we can teach them to get them ready and prepared. And what I like to call it is put them on a roadmap to purchase a house. Get them prepared so they're taking those steps, be ready. And like you said before, the majority of them, or Michelle said, the majority of them come to us after they found a house. Or, or before, when it's too late, we don't have time to now help you fix your credit or teach you what to do. And now you're stuck with, this is what you get. We don't have the ability to give you options because this is the only product we or program we can put you in.
1: Right. That seems to happen a lot. I think that they come to us, their credit scores are low. So then we take six months coaching them and telling them what they should do to get those scores up. And so then they can buy six months later. So if they would have came to us first before they looked at 10 houses and uh, it would have really changed things and then they wouldn't have got their hopes up and all excited thinking that they're going to buy a house.
0: Yeah. And what you said about, you know, they should go to you first. I agree as long as they go to you. All right. But I get a fair amount of people that come to me and they have already gone to somebody first, like, and I don't mind throwing them out there because uh, they need the bad reviews, quick and Loans. Right. Okay. I mean, I have had the worst experiences what, help trying to help my customers get from contract to closing. It's like the easy part is finding them a house, actually. The hard part is getting from contract to closing. right And uh, you know that's just one of the the big institutions out there that you know people tend to think is going to be easy and great, and it's just horrific. I had one earlier this year that we were five weeks in. Now, Quicken had t- given them, and I feel like I can do this. You guys really don't want to talk bad about your competitors, but I don't mind, okay? You can talk bad about other realtors if you want. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 they came to me. They were already settled on Quicken, so okay, fine. I'll deal with it. And, and we called Quicken, and Quicken says, oh, yeah, they're, they're completely qualified. We can do this. No issues. Well, four weeks later... When we were supposed to be closing, we had to do a one-week extension. We do that one-week extension. We're getting to the end of that. They're still not ready. And uh, Katrina and I really pushed them on the phone. Are you confident you can do this by next week? Well, no, I'm not sure we can. Okay. So they ended up going to another lender. Unfortunately, not you guys. But they did have somebody else in their back pocket that they decided to go to. And that person got them closed in 28 days. One of the things that I'm a, a big fan of is I know that I can walk into your office. You're going to be able to sit down with me and we can work through a problem when there's a problem.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I'm sure, I can't speak for Quicken, but I'm sure they have... Quite a few great loan originators there, but I think the problem with them is they're so big. And then when you call, you're probably not going to talk to the same person. Oh, you're with, not. You know, you're not. I've never gone through their experience, so I can't. I'm just going from what I've been told. You've been
0: told correctly,
1: and uh, so you're never going to talk to the same person. You're just, you know, a person next in line.
0: So the last deal that I did with with Quicken was the one I was just talking about. Okay, and. It when I spoke to them the first time, I explained to them, okay, look, I've done multiple deals with you guys. And the biggest beef that I have is that I talk to a different person every time I call. So there's no relationship building there. There's no consistency. Oh, well, we've taken care of that now. We've got this person. Now it's going to be your main contact. That person did not speak to me one time in five weeks.
1: So where is, you know, they're giving your personal information, their banking, their social security numbers, their driver's license, their retirement accounts. Where is it going? How many hands is it going through? So that's, that's a big deal. And not
2: even that, I know that's a huge part of it, but to me, the way I look at it, Steve is how much does it cost for an appraisal? How much does it cost for a home inspection? How much does it cost to get the AC and the, the water test? How much does it cost for your survey? I mean, when you're putting up all this money up front and you're working with somebody, who, and, and this is not just quick and this can be any lender. Right. If you're working with somebody who doesn't know what they're doing and doesn't really give you the right guidelines and mapping of how you're going to get to closing. And they, if they screw up and you don't close, guess who's out that money? Your, yeah, your buy buyer that. is out that money, which is thousands of dollars. And then in your case where you talked about quick and loans extended it for, for a total of six weeks, who paid the mortgage payment for those six weeks? That and was the seller. The seller. Right. So by going to the wrong places, you're you're costing the seller extra money. You're costing your buyer extra money. I mean, in the end, it's it's not good for anybody. I like to tell the story, uh, you know, when I'm referring you guys to,
0: to customers about how we had that one deal. Uh, remember, it was the, the million plus out in Panther Ridge that we were yes. doing a while mm-hmm. back. And there were some concerns and some issues coming up on the part of the buyer. You know, I mean, just buying a million-dollar house, you know, you're trying to make sure everything's going right. And, you know, I think that the gentleman had like seven LLCs or something. So there was just a lot, a lot of details involved in this. And I remember a Friday night that he was all worried about something. I said, well, let me shoot Tony a text and, you know, see what I can find out. And you walked out of a lightning game to go out in the hall or wherever you had to go to actually call me. Now, Friday night, 9 o'clock, lightning game how many people who are working in any type of business are going to come out to take care of their customers. And so I tell that story like every single time I refer you guys, not trying to get you called out of a lightning game on a Friday (laughs) night, but just the fact that you you saw my text, you saw it was important, and you came out to help resolve it and make the customer feel cared for which is what all three of us do every day of the week. We're making sure that our customers feel that they are cared for, know that they are cared for, and that we are going to get you from contract to closing because you're working your business and you are right there caring. What a great interview this has been. There's so much meat here that we're going to give you an entire week to digest it. Join us next week as we discuss how private mortgage insurance affects your interest rate how jumbo loans have been affected by COVID, and current scams that could cost you dearly. Real Estate Agent Man and Steve Martin Holmes Group
2: Tony Moore NMLS number 22640
1: Michelle Moore NMLS number 223691